This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Maester DeShane of House DeShane, whose words are the flame and the void. Thank you to Nicole Whitaker. If you'd like to hear your name at the start of the show and receive exclusive Westeros content, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. And welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. And I am Sir David the Huntsman. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. You might notice something a little different uh, uh, today. We are um, uh, Sir Sir Matt, uh, the Bud Knight, is is not with us. He's today. on a quest. He is on a quest. Uh, we say dilly dilly to him. Dilly and I'll, dilly. And I'll drink a little to that. All right. Um, Mm-mm-mm. There we go. He is out west, you know. He's just doing his thing. So yes, Portland um, of the Kingdom of Oregon. Yes, yeah. I think that's that's where he is. he is slaying dragons and rescuing damsels in distress. I know you wanted to say slaying. You saw the look on my face. Uh, yes, slaying. He's doing a lot of slaying. Um. Go get it, old boy. Yeah. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> oh my God. So anyways, we wish him uh, the, the best out there. He will be back hopefully uh, next week. You know, we always have kind of revolving uh, group of guys in here. Um, you know, so it's good to have uh, Sir David the Huntsman here. And uh, we're jumping to the first small council segment. Um, and just, I mean, all we have in the notes for this is dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. So how's it going, man? What have you been up to? Oh, it is, it's going good, you know, just getting back on track, trying to get the workout routine back and Jeez. stop eating like a, uh, like mm. a slob, like a winter slob. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, do you think we should start just like, um, getting back to nature, our roots hunting, you know, like you have to hunt for your meal, right? Oh yeah. Kill it, you know, Absolutely. gut it. All right, cool. From I think nature to the table. That would probably help us a lot, wouldn't it? It'd help us a lot. <laughs> Um. Okay. Cool beans. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting messages here on my phone. Pro- people are trying to stop me Very from podcasting. Popular. They're trying to stop me today, but that's not going to happen. Um, that's good, man. Yeah, I am. I'm with you on that. We've got to get. I've got to get back to the to the gym. Oh my gosh. Um, here recently in life, I've been trying to do a little. You know, just uh, s- some some meat and and a little bit of vegetables. Oh yeah. And then a little bit more meat. Um, sometimes protein, I get some, bro. yeah, I get some, I get some cheese in there, which has protein as well. So, you Heck know, yeah, they tell me and, uh, um, a little bit of rice, maybe some, some carbs. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I figure <laughs> I got the mead. So the carbs are in, are there you in the go. mead, you know, so exactly. I think we're, we're good there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, anyways, so we also, uh, use this segment to kind of talk about updates on the, uh, the show and, you know, uh, Gerwatch. And I checked Gerwatch, and there's really not much going on there. And as for uh, show stuff, I think this week it's uh, it's kind of weak. Uh, so we'll we'll see. And again, we, we kind of record this ahead of time. So if something did come out, um, you know, at the beginning of the week, we might do a little response on uh, Thursdays. We uh, Thursdays have been fun. We do like our yeah. follow-up uh, 
Thursdays and and uh, get a little extra podcast in there. We sneak it in every sneak once in a while, in. you know. So um, so yeah. All right. Um, so let's head over to the Maesters study. And this week we have so each week we kind of read through uh, a good book here. It's called uh, The World of Ice and Fire. And uh, Matt has kind of taken this on uh, for us the last couple weeks. And uh, so I had to go back and, and take a look. We did The Rise of, of Valeria last time. And now we're on to Valeria's children. So and I think the, the chapters are matching up. Um, so we are in, we're recovering by the, by, we should probably mention, we're in chapter six, Catelyn. Yes. <laughs> so that's just, very important. Yeah. That's probably, it's important. It's, it's in the title, but you know. <laughs> Uh, but I say that now because the World of Ice and Fire uh, book, we are kind of going hand in hand. You know, right. it's it's basically um, lined up now. So we're in Chapter 6, which is uh, Valeria's Children. And, and just a, a quick recap, you know, on the rise of uh, Valeria, they talk about the old empire, uh, old Gis, you know. And that was being, that was kind of this this empire that was there in Essos before uh, the rise of Valeria. So, you know, um, last week we kind of talked about how the how the Valerians have dragons and they're able to kind of, um, you know, uh, well, I mean, they have dragons, right? Dragons. So, it's really all you have to say, just dragons. Do, yeah, do we, have to, do we have to say anymore? I mean, uh, so they've got, they've got dragons. And, uh, but, but they start to kind of rise up and, and, we, and we talk about how they, um, you know, were conquering um, Essos. And actually, if you look at a map, if you look this up, they conquered a significant, if not all, uh, there, there's some desert land where the Kalasar and stuff were still kind of, uh, the Great Plains and stuff that they uh, ne- might not have been in uh, necessarily, but uh, everything over the free cities, you know, is what we're going to kind of talk about today. So that's that's basically um, the gist of that. Now, so Valeria's children, this this talks about, um, you know, what they kind of adopted from this Giscari, um empire and they talk about slavery actually and how they kind of used it and to to, to mine things like ore um they, they hungered for copper and tin bronze and later on we learned that their that their iron um is or i'm sorry their their steel well they, i believe they did say iron did they i, yeah. th- I think they specific and then yeah and then they, it, that was because I remember we were talking about it, and it was like there was iron and then made into steel. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're exactly right, actually. Um, so, yeah, that that's interesting. So let's talk a little bit. Um, um, I think it's Maester... Uh, well, they, they kind of break these. You'll hear two different uh, voices here. I got some of the audio book, a clip that we'll play, and it's just kind of talking about the properties of um, Valyrian uh, steel. So let's... Um, Let's take a listen to that. The properties of Valyrian steel are well known and are the result of both folding iron many times to balance and remove impurities and the use of spells, or at least arts we do not know, to give unnatural strength to the resulting steel. Those arts are now lost, though the smiths of Kohor claim to still know magics for reworking Valyrian steel without losing its strength or unsurpassed ability to hold an edge. The Valyrian steel blades that remain in the world might number in the thousands, but in the Seven Kingdoms there are only 227 such weapons, 
according to Archmaester Thurgood. Okay. Um, and according to, so that kind of cut off there. Sorry about that. But his, it's called inventories, and it's basically just a, um, it's it's a each of these maesters is kind of like making up their own. Um, they each have their their specialties and their right. um, you know their their documenting histories and things like that. So, so yeah. But I, the part I wanted to kind of get to was um, the idea that there could be thousands, you know, but in the Seven Kingdoms there are two hundred and twenty-seven. Very specific number. <laughs> yeah, very specific. I was surprised because this this book actually doesn't normally get into specifics. I think the closer we get to what you would call present time, um, yeah, we get more. Uh, the, the record keeping is better, right? Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, well, I mean, with any any sort of record keeping, when it falls through history, mm-hmm. sometimes you just you, you lose certain parts. Now, obviously, the, the Maesters are a a well organized group of gentlemen, but you know, again, anything can happen. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so they mentioned this this uh, steel. It became sort of an, an an obsession for for them to make these um, Valyrian steel swords. And they talk about um, you know the use of spells and and just how difficult they were. The the multiple well, or foldings. Of, what, what did it say? Or crafts unknown was exactly. the exact quotation. Exactly. <laughs> Always the skeptics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, cohort you know, claims to still have the, um, to know the magics for reworking Valyrian steel without losing its strength. So that was kind of neat. Right. right. To think that they can rework it, which we see that later on. Correct. Know. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the blacksmith's name that yeah. uh, broke down ice, but. Uh, right. Exactly. That's exactly what I was talking about. So that was when Tywin kind of, you know, wants to reforge that turns right. it into two swords. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's possible. And, um, but, They've lost the art. And I almost wonder with this, I'm going to go on a little speculation trail here. If Sam doesn't figure out some, you know, because he's in the, you know, um, in, in the library there and yeah. uh, in Old Town, I think there's probably something in there that maybe, I don't know about that though, because this is a book written by Maester, so perhaps not. But uh, there is a guy there, um, one of the Archmaesters who, who basically, God, what is his name? Um, I'll think of it in a second, but anyways, he 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 deals in Valyrian steel, and he's all over the place, um, all all around Essos and and up north and down in the south. He's he's everywhere. Um, if somebody knows who I'm talking about, uh, please please throw it out there. It's very, just, it's just right shout at us. Just shout, shout at your it. computer or we'll iPhone it. or whatever. Right? We'll now. definitely hear it. We'll hear it. <laughs> It'll come through in real time. Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, so that that that's pretty neat there. Uh, just wanted to hone in on that. Now it goes on to talk about the. Um, Basically, the, the 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 free cities and how they're established, how they're um, you know, basically the the governments there, the the ruling bodies, uh, and and things. And one in particular that I thought was was interesting is um, Bravos. Bravos is is a city that we're we're in quite a bit once uh, we get into Arya's you know um, thread, and we hear about Bravos a lot, the bank and and everything. So I thought it would be kind of neat just to hear. Um, how unique they are, in a sense. So we'll However, it is clear that Bravos is unique among all the free cities, as it was founded not by the will of the freehold, nor by its citizens, but instead by its slaves. According to the tales of the Bravasi, a huge slaver fleet that had been out 
collecting tributes in human flesh from the lands of the summer and jade seas, became victim to a slave uprising instead. The success of this uprising was doubtless dependent on the fact that the Valerians were one to use slaves as oarsmen and even sailors, and that these men then joined the uprising. Seizing control of the fleet, but realizing there was no place nearby to hide from the freehold, the slaves instead elected to seek out some land far from Valeria and its subjects, and founded their own city in hiding. Okay. So uh, this city in hiding, I think it's neat, you know, it's 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 interesting. It is one of the bravos when you look at it on a map, too. It's it's furthest away from right. Valeria, too. So um, almost almost kind of north of King's Landing, kind of like directly across from it, you know, on the narrow sea. So um, it goes on to kind of talk about, you know, for centuries, the Bravosi remained hidden from the world uh, in the remote lagoon. Um and it talks about uh, just the languages and the tongues and, and how kind of accepting they were. And you think about a group of slaves coming from all these different regions. Each city kind of has their own, you know, um, well, there's, there's just multiple religions there. I think Matt and I were talking last episode about uh, the numerous faiths and things that were, yeah. you know. And I mean, that that's interesting that you have so many different sects of people that can all get together and make... I mean, a pretty important city. I mean, like you said, we hear about it several times throughout the, you know, the series. Um, and obviously the bank is, uh, is mm-hmm. a force to be reckoned with in and of oh, itself. Yeah. So um, it, 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 to me, it's a, it's a very impressive accomplishment yeah. in, the, uh, in that particular area. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and, and, and this goes on a little bit further just to kind of, Hone this back in. It talks about the free cities, but then really what it gets back to is the idea that um, some of these conquerings, you know, uh, this rise of Valeria, the children of Valeria, and, and, and what happens here, um, it's lost in the doom. Right. And so some of the trophies and the things that they might have had of their conquest, uh, those are gone. So uh, it actually says, in short, the names and numbers of the people who fell to Valeria are unknown to us today. Uh, what records the Valerians kept of their conquest were largely destroyed by the doom. Um, so and the, there, there you go. Uh, and it finishes up um, just kind of talking about, Oh, uh, it goes on to now we're getting into the arrival of the Andals. So, so we'll kind of bridge that in the, in the next chapter, but at, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to look at Valeria and, and what happened there. It's, there's a lot of mystery, a lot of things that uh, uh, we don't, was it just natural? Was was there something right. magical? Was it uh, um, what was it that caused the earth to open up and basically swallow? Yeah, you know? I mean there there are several different theories about that. Well, because well, I don't remember if maybe you were talking about it, but wasn't yeah. there the whole theory like uh, some of the the free people of Bravos had like you know mm-hmm. yeah potentially in some form or fashion had caused the doom. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what that conversation was. <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, we're always kind of speculating and, and, and theorizing, but, but yeah, it would be. I think there's, you know, our, the the, the maesters are going to tell us that it was something uh, natural, and there are quotes. Uh, there are more quotes about it in the series, which we'll get to. But um, I've almost always wondered if there wasn't something uh, supernatural to it. Some, yeah. 
we're living in a world of dragons and magic. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. So, so there, there's, there's got to be something there. Um, but uh, for the whole, you know, for all of Valeria to kind of, I don't yeah. know. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So, but yeah, we can get into some more speculation on that later. I, I think it's, uh, it's neat because we, we need that to happen for there to be the last, um, you know, like the Targaryen um, household, you know, right. and that, you know, a Dragonstone and so on. So, Okay. All right. Uh, the Maester study um, again. We'll be back. We'll be back on track next week with uh, with Matt uh, guiding us through that. So we just wanted to get play a couple clips. If you haven't listened to the audio book, um, definitely check it out. I love oh, listening. Yeah. They're to, great. Yeah. So um, okay, we are on to the reread, and uh, we are into uh, this. Is actually we're going to recap uh, last chapter, which was chapter five right john yep john. chapter five okay. john and you know if you guys would like to uh, participate in the um recaps or the summaries uh we now have a a uh got a telephone number oh yeah we've upgraded we're, we're big time now i mean that's it's a, it's professional show right here it's i'll just say Bend it. i mean the knee that's right call it what it is you know <laughs> professional podcast uh, <laughs> uh no but but we yeah we have a a google voice number um that if you guys want to call in and if you're one of our our patrons uh, that's a perk that you guys get is you could leave a voicemail with the with the recap uh, a voicemail with the summary and we will play those here if you want to handwrite those too and just send them in an email um you know that that works um all the same too so but um Oh yeah, of course you know I wouldn't be able to to pull it up when <laughs> I need it. What's the number? What's the number? What's the number? As we're writing it. See, I'm giving you time to get your pen out, okay? There you go. All right, so it's uh 614-547-2350. And of course, just as a general reminder for those of you who have taken the black, yes. It is uh highly encouraged that you uh you know, give that number a little ring and maybe recite your uh Mm-hmm. Recite your vow and uh, oh, it'll yeah. be played. Oh yeah, we got a little something. We got a little something oh, special little something, something. today. So uh, stay tuned till the end because we have uh, some goodies at the end, uh, some fun stuff. Okay, so into the recap we go, uh, chapter five. John, let's recap that real quick. Uh, Sir David the Huntsman, All take right. it away. So <laughs> this is very very vague, guys. But <laughs> no, so I figured uh, you would embellish a little bit. Oh, I love embellishing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is obviously John from his point of view. Um, yeah, John is uh, is finally finding advantages of being a bastard. So he's uh, he's getting a little drunk, having a couple drinks with the boys. Oh yeah, uh, enjoying his company a little better than uh, than the king and his uh, his uh, children uh, and his company, who he finds a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, good old Rob is. Uh, Flirting with uh, with Marcella, which uh, which why not? <laughs> why you know what? not? I mean, you intermingle only, those families, baby. You only live once, you know. <laughs> and and you know, I mean, you got to understand too that they're they're all young. Yes. You know, the the show is in a way a disadvantage because you know they don't oh. really match the ages in the books. But they yeah. you know they're they're young they're young kids and young adults, so. Yeah. Uh, flirting it's good right uh <laughs> do you want me to directly read this yeah, next I one here directly read uh, so the queen has a stick up her ass right i figured that's just oh god we all know that's yeah we we all know about cersei and her the question and is which sticks. sticks 
Exactly. Which, that's why I said sticks. Multiple sticks. Lord. It, do, it just doesn't matter. You know, she's still a PG thirteen podcast. Yeah, PG thirteen. I think kidding. we used our one curse word, right? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> just a normal average every day in Winterfell. Big old feast. Um, a lot of, you know, celebrating again, the king coming to Winterfell is a uh, is a huge deal. Yeah. Uh and then finally, John has a saucy conversation mm-hmm. with Tyrion um but the two end up having a mutual respect for one one another and uh what is the oh god I'm, i should get ostracized for this what is the direct quote uh all dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes yeah so go. they uh go. they have a lot a lot more in common than uh, what would meet the eye i thought that was that was really clutch this is that's a really good moment it's good in the show oh yeah and it's it's even better in the books. I mean, just they're they're actually it's I think quite honestly it actually might be better in the show. I, I think. Well, I, it is the Peter Dinklage. Show. That's what I'm saying. That's Peter that is, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he's great though, um, and I think that's sort of what makes it. And just you know, he's what 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 Matt and I. I don't know if you uh, heard this last week, uh, David, but. Tyrion, like when he when John comes out of the of the hall, he's like up on this ledge yeah. and does like this somersaulting, <laughs> freaking, yeah. like back acrobatics. Stand. You know what happened? What happened to that? I mean, like you know, so. uh, I don't know if I mean maybe we should you know call up Peter and just be like, hey Pete, you yeah. know, uh, can you do a backflip? Well, I guarantee he. Why did. didn't you do it in the show? I guarantee he did do it. He's he's pissed that they there cut it go. out. You know, they that's, cut that yeah, out. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so. All right, all right, that's good. That's chapter five. Um, John, just a quick recap there. Um, our summary. So today we are on to chapter six. Uh, Catelyn, so this will be from her perspective. And Cat and Ned are lying naked in bed together. Naked. Naked. I just want to start off by saying that. So um, I, basically, if you, I, I, I don't know, if there are junior listeners this is an R-rated chapter. This is an R-rated chapter. PG-13 show, but an R-rated chapter. Exactly. So what are we going to do about it, you know? Just describe um, it. <laughs> just, <laughs> indeed. Well, <laughs> this, all right, yeah, the embellishing. Um, <laughs> Ned is trying to decide whether to go to King's Landing. Um, he's got this big decision. He's been offered, you know, uh, this hand of the king position, and he's 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 not in favor of it right out no. the gate. So he just does not want to do it. Uh, we'll get into that, but... Uh, they're interrupted by Mr. Lewin. He has an important message uh, that he he comes in with. Uh, Lysa Aaron, Kat's sister, has sent a secret message to Winterfell. Uh, she warns the Starks that the Lannisters cannot be trusted. I just want to point out, like the from chapter to chapter, the Stark. Did I just say that? Yeah, the Stark con the the the, the difference in tone, right? Oh yeah. Okay. This the <laughs> I can't even focus. But yeah, right, Pons, yeah. did you notice that though? I mean, it, it, doesn't it feel kind of like there's a shift here? I mean, uh, oh yeah, yeah, like, def- like straight definitely. uphill. I mean, definitely. Uh, it's 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 starting to it's starting to bring in a lot of those intricate details that man are going to bring the story to a head, mm-hmm. especially yeah. for Ned. Oh, absolutely. That bring it to a head. 
I wow. what did is, that completely in, intentionally. I bet you did. Oh, you're <laughs> on a roll today. You're on a roll. Quick witted. So, so there's your there's summary, and let's let's dive into uh, the details. So, this chapter we've divided into three. Um, the first third is going to be the bedchamber. The second third is going to be the false bottom. Uh-huh. And the third uh, third is going to be John's mother. So uh, let's let's dive into that first little bit here and see what we can see what we can tease out. Is that is that the right word? Oh, I'm going to tease it I out. Think it is, yeah. When, when you're in the bedchamber, that's what you do. Exactly. So this, uh, I, I liked. I, I kind of did. I kind of forgot about this until you mentioned it. That they start to kind of talk about the uh, the room and they describe the heating system yeah it's 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 actually kind of important when you think about it although be it sort of an offhanded kind of descriptor but you know winterfell is essentially on a natural large natural hot spring yeah and they have harnessed the heat of this hot spring yeah through the castle yeah. so the stones are warm to the touch uh catlin's bed chambers were the hottest they were they were. It says that. So no need for a fire in there. The fire's already ready. Uh, but I, I, li- I did like this line here. Scalding waters rushed through its walls and chambers like blood through a man's body, driving the chill from the stone halls, filling the glass gardens with moist warmth, keeping the earth from freezing. <laughs> I mean, dude, this chapter. I, I this is where I love Gurr in his writing. You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah. You, you, you literally like that's actually a pretty clear. Um, like we know, we know what that's like. A, almost like a metaphor. For, right. Right. Yeah. And we're in the bedchamber, and you you get that. It's it, it's actually I think good because you kind of see um, the Starks as like these stony. Um, unemotional like like uh cat earlier on is talking about how ned and the starks are just different yeah oh it continues on yeah they're just a different breed of people they are and but but it's it's neat to kind of see how she is uh just just how in love they are you know what i mean because they are in love and you always kind of hear you kind of wonder what would have happened his whole situation with brandon being killed and she's betrothed to him um you're glad that it worked out you know what I mean? You, I get this uh, sense that you know this is one of the this is one of the only times where, where we really get to see uh, not the only time we get we get it later in King's Landing, but like they're it's, passionate. It's an There's intimate, a, passionate scene yeah. between a married couple, um, and it's probably about as intimate as you're going to necessarily get, mm-hmm. especially right now without kind of all the tension. Right. Um, there was another part in here that I found. You know, kind of interesting because, you know, Catelyn always kind of has articulated that, you know, Winter Run, or excuse me, God, uh, Winter Run, my God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Winterfell is not necessarily, you know, her her home. Yeah, yeah. But it does have this little tidbit, uh, again, speaking about the heat of the castle. Right. The warmth reminded her of River Run for days in the sun with Lysa and Edmure, but Ned could never abide the heat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I mean she has she has little reminders of her home here. So which 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 is good. Yeah, well it, it, that I mean there's um the sept, you know, he he right. put the sept in um so that she could, you know, worship her yep. gods there. And I think that's that's really uh 
interesting. And, and she's then able to kind of use that with her children and teach them, um, you know, her, you know, faith essentially. And that's good for them when yeah. they go south. Well, it's, 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 it was a great union between opposites in a way. Cause you know, again, you have the North and you have the South. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, but uh, this was a good this was a good union. So hey, is yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into the uh, the yeah, fan fiction hot and steamy? I here? think we need to. I think Deep it's time and sweaty. What, what, I, what, I want you to read that line. Actually, this. Did you see the paragraph I'm talking about here? You know, uh, or is it right before that? Yeah. So uh, when they let's see here. This is this oh is some, yeah. Here we go. Let's let's just let's just roll through this. Uh huh. So when they had finished, right? Ned rolled off. And climbed from her bed. As he had a thousand times before, he crossed the room, pulled back the heavy tapestries, Mm -hmm. and threw open the high, narrow windows one by one, letting the night air into the chamber. (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, you know, like I said, it's, it's a good, uh, I, I like this chapter just because you, get to see this intimacy with these two. And it's it's a good, clean, you know, um, clean, air quote, like, uh, scene. You know what I mean? They, they're, you know, uh, married, and they have kids together, and um, they took something pretty awful. And, and, you, and you, you when you think back on Robert's Rebellion, it's like, okay, cool, this great, um, it's awesome they were able to kind of reconcile things and, and you know, right, and we'll get into a little bit more about that as the chapter progresses, right? Because the way it starts versus the way it ends is very, right. very different. Yeah. So uh, I'll just continue here. Maybe mm-hmm. <clears throat> the wind swirled around him as he stood facing the dark, naked, and empty-handed. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, so he's just basking in all of his stark glory. Just windows <laughs> open, wind rolling. Yeah, and Catelyn is just uh, you know, she pulls up the furs and uh, just watches him. Well, here I'll, I'll read a line for you Do too. It. I think this is one that we were kind of this. Oh, yeah. I think this gets to the core of what we're talking about here. Her loins still ached from the urgency of his lovemaking. It was a good ache. Um, she could feel his seed within her. I mean, it's great. I just thought, I, I'm sorry, I lost it there just a little bit. Uh, just the delivery was fantastic. Well, here we go. I mean, she prayed that it might quicken there. We're 14 um, year old boys, are we? We are, we are, and we apologize. But, but oh, like, shoot. I mean, it's you know, it had been three years since Rickon. Um, she was not too old. She could give him another son. Isn't that crazy? See, I, yeah. The reason I kind of wanted to get into it is because I I read that and I I don't. You don't get that from the show, no, um, at all. That she still is is hopeful here to, you know, was she pregnant? You know, I'm 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 actually thinking now in my head to later chapters. Did this ever become a thing? You know, to where you know how you know how girl often does. It's like it's like oh my gosh, you know, she's pregnant with his son, and after right. all these bad things happened to him, maybe there's still this little thread of hope. Because all these bad things are happening to right. Starks, and you know, I don't know. We, that's a thread that I thought was laid down. That we, I don't really know exactly if that's ever brought up or referenced again. So, yeah, I don't think so. But no, it, it is. It is important just just detailing the the intimacy between them. Because again, like you said, yeah, 
She was not promised to Ned. No, exactly. She was not. She was And, not, so. you know, even when they were betrothed, it was a, like a shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, get it done, boys and Absolutely. girls. Absolutely, it was. You know, so. Uh, so they've obviously learned through the year. What did they say? 15 years? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah, because Rob is 14. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. I want to say it said it specifically somewhere. But anyway, like 15 years they've mm-hmm. been together. And they're uh, they're obviously still much, still very much, yeah, in love. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and you know, and so right after that scene, you get into this this piece. Uh, they say that the lovemaking was was urgent. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, you know, it's he has a decision to make, and he's got some pent up stress. He's got some things going on. So what you're to make. saying is, is he's not a sixty minute man. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so he's that's a grandpa reference by the way oh it wasn't okay good that's yeah, an old song alright good I'm a grandpa I really appreciate that I'll look it up. <laughs> um, this is why we bring Sir David the oh, on here, just so you the, guys know all the crack pop pop references from the 50s oh my god Got it. Um, so you know when you think about uh, he, he says right here uh, on the next paragraph I will refuse him and you know Cat says you cannot you must not um, he says, my duties are here in the North. I have no wish to be Robert's hand. Um, he will not understand that. She said, you know, he is a, a, he's a King now. He's not like other men. And so they have this back and forth sort of argument and I'm kind of surprised. Or were, were you surprised that she, well, and, and that, that's the thing. Cause like in the show, Ned was a little bit more resolute about this. And Kat was kind of the one who was like, you know, she didn't want this to happen. And I mean, she doesn't really want it to happen, mm-hmm. but she's kind of reminding him of his, of his duty. And the fact that, you know, what it had been nine years since he had seen the King. Yeah. So in nine years, a person can become very different with the, the level of living that he has been doing as a King. And right. he's more used to people just doing as he asks. Exactly. So yeah, I think she's, I think in a way, maybe she doesn't quite understand their bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, true. Because uh, I think he even says here somewhere that we're closer than brothers. Oh, yeah. Okay. We were closer than brothers. He loves me. If I refuse him, he will roar and curse and bluster. And in a week, we will laugh about it together. I know the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she, you know, she. but she, her viewpoint of this is, is you can't refuse a king. And he's right. saying, he's my brother. I can refuse him. We'll laugh about it, and then we'll go our separate ways. Well, yeah, honor and duty and family. You know, those are things that are you know um, important to Cat, right? I think you we right. talked about this before we started, and this idea uh, that he basically has to. She she feels like there's just there is no way to refuse him. I mean, she right. goes on to say that the king is a stranger to you. I. That's where you're right. He does. She doesn't understand the relationship that he had. I mean, right. He fought a war, you know, for well, for his sister and for Robert, and 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 all of this, and they fought Gave a war up together. The throne for Robert, exactly. He yeah. screwed everything up for Robert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so so uh, it's interesting because he's actually right about this. Oh yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent right, and 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 I think she's just trying to do, um, she, she's also trying to do what she believes is right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and again, this is this whole piece before uh, we get to the false bottom. 
So once we get there, yeah, we've got some some more issues with this. But uh, so yeah, they, they they kind of end that conversation, and and he's you know yeah, I mean there's there's one more part I just you know yeah. pop in here real quick because she starts to talk about he offered his own son in marriage to our daughter. What else would you call that? Sansa might someday be queen. Her sons could rule from the wall to the mountains of Dorne. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with that? So she's also looking at this from a, um, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say a political side, but kind of a, it's, it's posturing. I mean, it's, it's, it's securing the leg. There you go. It's like, it's the legacy. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's, if you really look in history and feudal societies, that's important anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wanted their line to continue and be strong. So yeah. when we look at this for what it is for a time period that we can equate it to, you know, minus dragon magic. Um, exactly. You yeah. know, that that whole idea of legacy is very important. So Well, and, and, and it's interesting the, the difference in like the response that he gives because these these northerners are a little strange. <laughs> yeah. They're not necessarily there's not a lot of scheming uh to usurp the uh Stark name no. in the north. You know what I mean? Whereas you do get that in the south. You have had uh, different, you know, you've got Castle Rock, which is now yep. run by the Lannisters, right? You know, and and things like that. So they they're a different breed. And and he starts to kind of talk about um, her age. You know, she's only eleven. <laughs> she's only eleven. Yeah, uh, and Joffrey is, yeah, and you all. Well, and then she says, "Crown Prince and heir to the Iron Throne, Ned." Right. <laughs> and then I was only twelve when my father promised me to your brother Brandon, which brings me. Yeah. To a a fairly important kind of paragraph here. Uh-huh. Um I don't think any, none of this is in the show. Uh-huh. But you know, obviously you hear about Brandon Stark and his end, but what does Ned think about him? Right. That brought a bitter twist to Ned's mouth. Brandon. Yes, Brandon would know what to do. He always did. It was all meant for Brandon, you, Winterfell, everything. He was born to be a king's hand and a father to queens. I never asked for this cup to pass to me. Yeah. Which is, I mean, my my God, if you, if you need one paragraph to describe the character of Eddard Stark, mm-hmm. there you go. No, preach it. I mean, that's, that's actually really a good point because he... And it's more about well, I think it's twofold here. It's it's the well, it's the situation that right. he lost his brother, right? And that this all of these things have happened. You know, lost my father, lost my brother. Um, you know, the, the focus is on Brandon, but yep. uh, it's the idea that this is this is not what I planned. Life has, th- has thrown this at me, and I'm in this situation. Uh, and that's kind of what you know. Cat says to him next, you know, is that that this is the cup that has been passed to you, <laughs> and you then know? she smacks him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And kind of says, get over it. You yeah. know, this is this is what has been dealt to you. But normally we don't see a crack in Ned like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I it's mean, it's not something. So it's, it's again, the intimacy of this yeah. of this room. It's important. Yeah. That he's he's able to share these things with Kat. And um, and I wondered if that did weigh on him, you know, that uh, uh, in the beginning phases of their relationship, 
the idea that uh, Brandon was, or you know, Catlin was was promised to Brandon. Well, you know, I would I would say to that anyone who's listening is, uh-huh. think about it for a second. So yeah. there's a girl out there you don't really know her. Yeah. You got a brother, older brother. They're gonna get married. Heck yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. You you're you're the man. Right. Um. Because even with siblings, I mean. You kind of look up to your older sibling. You know, I had an older sister. You know, you kind of look up to him. Yeah. So there's there's that piece of it. And then all of a sudden, he's gone. And now you guys are getting married. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what time you live in. It is kind of a weird psychological thing. For sure. Well, you know, and it says that custom decreed that, yeah. that he do this. So... Did he have someone before her that he had his eyes on? Ooh, yeah. You know? That's deep and sweaty. I don't know. I'd love for somebody to kind of, number one, write that fanfic, and uh, <laughs> we're going to create a segment. We're going to have to create a <laughs> oh, segment. Oh, God. Oh, the fan fiction you could you could make in this book. Yeah. God, you thought it was weird reading Harry Potter fan fiction hey, yeah. <laughs> on that uh, podcast that shall not be named. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it, uh, it just uh, it's it's interesting dynamic that I I've always kind of wondered about. The book gives us more details on it than than we get in the show. It's just we don't really think about what happened to Ned and what got them to that point. And I think right. maybe in the HBO prequels we might get some of that. Uh, Matt keeps telling me they're shooting down the idea of a Roberts Rebellion, but uh, I'm still open to it. I mean, listen, I love prequels as much as the next guy. Yeah, I want it. Yeah. I do. I think it would be cool. Yeah. I want to see I want to see them get some giant actor to wave a battle axe and just be the badass <laughs> Robert Baratheon that is written about yeah. instead of seeing the fat Robert Baratheon that we get in oh, yeah. the Game of Thrones show. Oh yeah. That would be epic just smashing Rhaegar <laughs> Targaryen into the ground. Oh, that would be. It would be. And what people don't think, I think sometimes people think, oh, we know that story. Yeah. No, I don't think that we do, though. I think we, we know we have an outline, but exactly. that's it. We've got bullet points. We don't have Flesh any. it out. Exactly. There's a lot there that, that uh, we could actually go in more detail with. I think they may years down the line, but I think initially it'll be something different. All right. Yeah. Uh, back into this chapter, though. So, uh, let's see. Um, oh, so she starts to kind of think about... Um, the uh, so the custom had decreed, uh, but the shadow of his dead brother still lay between them, um, as did the other. The shadow of the woman he would not name, the oh, woman no. he had born, the woman who had born his bastard son. Yeah, so that's just that's briefly dropped here. Just little um, little sprinkles, a little sprinkle, and then we'll get to that in the th- in the third oh, third yeah. here. But put a uh, pin in it. Yeah. So, because next we get kind of this knocking at the door, um, and there's there's an um, uh, Desmond, Desmond. Uh, kind of shows up and says, "My lord, Mister Lewin uh, is without and begs urgent audience." So that takes us to our second, third. Here we're talking about the false bottom. The false bottom. It's a big deal. Um, this is very different from the show. Um, oh yeah. So and just well, not very different, but it's well, it, it it's, it's it's more neat intricate. And clever. Yeah, and it actually um, it actually. <laughs> Sets Lysa up as is far more clever. Yes, far yes. more clever than she was portrayed in the show. Yes, yeah. and not that I had anything wrong with the portrayal in the show, but th- this just 
She's got a brain. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, so you know, uh, Maester Lewin is is insisting. Um, he's he's begging ur- urgent audience. That's not something a maester would would typically do either. No. You know, one of their children has been hurt, or there's a urgent message from. You know, uh, there was a raiding maybe or something that he needed to notify uh, Eddard about. Um, so it's it's rare, rare that because you know they were told, given orders, you know, not to be disturbed. Right. Right. Because they're passionately making love. So uh, um, huh, it was urgent. Yeah. Exactly. So you want to yeah. read the little the, the Maester yeah. description? Yeah. I just thought I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun when we get some of these descriptions of these guys. So uh, the Maester was a small gray man. His eyes were gray and quick and saw much. His hair was gray. A lot of gray. Mm-hmm. What little the years had left him. His robes were gray wool, uh, trimmed with white fur, the stark colors. Its great floppy sleeves had pockets hidden inside. Lewin was always tucking things in those sleeves and producing other things from them. Books, messages, strange artifacts, toys for the children. With all he kept hidden in the sleeves, Catelyn was surprised that Maester Lewin could lift his arms. Man, it actually, when you, like, if you didn't know the rest of the series, and again, this is a, a reread, so we're, we're, you know, you've seen the show, you've, you've, uh, this is maybe a first read for you, but for us, it's a reread. The idea that uh, these maesters, like, when, like, what, from what's described right here, you would think wizard like. You would start to right. kind of think that these guys are, you know, there's more to them, absolutely, than, than uh, what meets the eye. And there's a lot of theories out about the Maesters, and I, I love to listen to the conspiracies, um, you know, about uh, that they're truly in charge of of things. Uh, who's checking uh, what they're sending? What's, uh, what's, what's the quote? Those who write history, oh, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just saying. So, so anyways, kind of neat. But they have a really good uh, relationship with Maester Lewin. Right. So, um, oh, we're about to see how good a relationship. It's very good. Maester yeah. Lewin. So, um, so let's see. Uh, the he talks. He says, "Pardon for for disturbing your rest. I have been left a message." Um, and this is interesting. There is no, um, there's no writer. There was right. no raven. Um, there was simply he was sleeping, and he wakes up to find a box. Correct. I mean, yep. he and he doesn't know carved wooden box how it got there. Servants um, didn't see anybody. No, exactly. And, and so that starts to kind of you know irritate Ned a little bit. Just the idea, <laughs> like, okay, what? Yeah. I don't like the game. What's going on? This is, you know, he likes things to be straightforward. Yep. Um, and so a wooden box. You say, you know, Catelyn said, inside was a fine uh, new lens for the observatory, and this lens is sort of a, a signal slash key to yeah. uh, to Catelyn, but it also was, I think, more uh, for Mr. Lewin. He continues to kind of investigate the box, and he finds that it has a false bottom. And then, you know, Catelyn also kind of breaks in here, a lens is an instrument to help us see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, she's, she's, she's clever. She's not just, you know, you're your stay-at-home mom. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed it is. Yeah. So, uh, Caitlin can feel the uh, the dread stirring inside her once again. She has real good in- intuition. Like, oh, she's yeah. got good gut feelings about yeah. things. Um, what is it that they would have us see more clearly? So, I'm going to turn the page here. But um, So, they start to investigate the box. Um, let's see. 
Anything we want to read from this? Um, I mean, he just says he, he found the message concealed in the false bottom line, dismantled the box, but it's not for my eyes. Ned holds out his hand. I mean, Lord of Winterfell and all. Mm-hmm. Let me have it. And Lewin did not stir. Pardon, my lord, the message is not for you either. It is marked for the eyes of Lady Catelyn and her alone. May I approach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... It's it's marked. It's got the seal uh, that they can see the, um, the 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 blue. It's it's clearly from uh, the veil. Um, let's see the wax of um, was the moon and the falcon seal of House Aaron. Uh, so that that was interesting. But so she this is where she uh, gets out of bed. The furs drop away from her <laughs> nakedness, right. uh, forgotten. Uh, so clearly she's comfortable with, uh, the maester and she says that later, you know, he's, oh yeah, uh, he's helped her bear a few children back in the children, day, you know? um, and, and, you know, uh, she, she goes on to kind of, she realizes it's from Lysa, her sister. She almost yeah. knows instantly. I mean, this whole backdrop of, uh, she's concerned about her sister. She's yeah. thinking about actually going to the Vale, right. um, before the king had come up, you know, that was sort of the plan. Maybe yeah. take, uh, you know, some of the kids to go see their aunt Lysa. Yeah, and her first intuition is that it's a it's like a, a grief message, you know. It, it's maybe more something to do with her loss than what it turns out to be. Well, because uh, yeah, well, actually, so she re- when she reads it, then she realizes it as. I mean, I think that was her before she read it. That was her gut thought because right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what because I then they once it's read, um, I think it's Ned uh, starts to kind of say that it was you know look she's she's grieving. This is yeah. a little excessive, um, but we think about the box, the false bottom, the way it was hidden, the Correct. lens, the clues, the secret language. So we learn here that there's a secret language that Lysa and and Catelyn had uh, in communicating with, with one another. Yeah, so multiple layers of security here. So you have the metaphoric lens, the false bottom in a carved wooden box delivered by someone, right, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to the maester and the servants, and Containing message that is then in a secret language. Yeah. yeah. So this, this, again, like I said before, this is kind of noting the cleverness of Lysa. You know, she's not, yeah, I mean, is she a little off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she has a brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. When and she, she knows the urgency of this. When so. she firsthand, you know, got to witness... I'm sure she was trying to win the queen's favor down in King's Landing and right. things like that, and and some of that maybe didn't go her way. So she gets a real good feel for the Lannisters down there. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, so so Caitlin's still walking around the or uh, Caitlin's still walking around the um, room naked and naked. You know, um, so Ned starts to say something to Ma- Maester Lewin, and and she cuts him off. You know, this is no time for false modesty. <laughs> Uh, she's yeah, she she doesn't want to hear any of this no. stuff. She's like, it's it's fine. I'm I'm confident in who I am in my. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a she is an empowered woman. She is. She is. Oh yeah. Um so there, uh his face inches from her. He kind of crosses the room. Ned gets out of bed and says, "You know, my lady, tell me what was this message?" Uh and she says it's it's, it's a warning if we have the wits to hear. And um she kind of goes on, she says that uh, Lysa says John Aaron was murdered. Um and in his fingertips are, you know, tightening around her arm and and he's getting you know tensed up here um by whom the lannister she said the queen ned released uh his hold on her arm there was a deep red mark on her skin gods he whispered his voice was hoarse your sister is sick with grief she cannot know what she is saying 
And this is where I was mentioning earlier, you know, um, Kat's like, no, I mean, she, this, I believe this. Yeah. She, she went through a lot of steps to get this message here and the risk. Right. Well, and the, and the, I mean, the other thing from Ned's point of view, so John Aaron is basically a secondary father figure to him. Yeah. Um, and as you know, has been discussed in previous chapters, you know, John Aaron called his banners, you know, to essentially start what we will air quote as Robert's rebellion. Yes. Mm -hmm. I am playfully calling it John Aaron's rebellion. Come on. Um, (laughs) but anyway, uh, so Uh this news would be, I mean, in my opinion, would be shocking to him. It's like, wait a minute. He, he was murdered. Because he was told, you know, oh, he just, yeah, he kind of slipped off. He was sick and he just slipped away, you know, real quick. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, that's got to bring kind of that thought to his head. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Am I, do I, do I need to go crack some skulls? Right. Is this going to be like the second rebellion or, you know, a thousand things got to run through your head there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because he's, uh, yeah, this is disturbing, you know, yeah. um, Everything that was reported to him is that he died suddenly, and uh, and now you have this secret message coming from uh, sister to sister. And uh, Kat kind of immediately says that uh, now we have no choice. Yeah. You must go to King's Landing. Titans of Resolve. I, I, I don't know how that... Uh, I'm surprised, actually, that that didn't... I was just kind of surprised. I, I thought maybe she would... She would be like more concerned about um, her husband, and I think here actually it, it says it in, in just a few paragraphs. But I think she originally thought that you know by him going that meant she would go too. Because yeah, I, I I think so, but I also I also wonder, you know, Edard is kind of a legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you really look, the guy's a legend. He survived things that he probably shouldn't have. Yep. Um, you know, and there's, there's the whole, uh, uh, Sir Arthur Dane story. Yep. Um, you know, and of course, you know, later on, obviously way later on, we can talk more in depth about that much later. Yeah. But anyway, you know, the story goes, I mean, he killed him and he survived Robert's rebellion and he was a driving force behind it. He was in all these battles and he did all these marvelous things. Do you think maybe Catelyn thinks her marvelous husband just standing naked in the moonlight is maybe a little bulletproof. Yeah, I think so. That's so a good, that's maybe, a good call. maybe Edard with his giant Valerian steel sword can yep. just go down and do whatever he wants. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, no, it just, that's a really good point. It just seems like, you know, I, she, she doesn't necessarily have that urgency and concern where, Oh my God, maybe it could be my husband. No, 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 no. No, no. Ed no, no. is gonna go knock some heads. When she kind of thinks he he's un- un- untouchable, right? Uh, like like you're saying, and the Maester Lewin kind of backs it up by saying that the hand of the king is a powerful position. It's the second most powerful position in the kingdom. Who's going to, you know, and, and, and his best friend, his his brother, is on the throne, right? You know what? Who would who would oppose him? You know what I mean? But it, and I think that that's a little bit of the naivety of the North in a way. Yes, it's the simplicity of their thought because they don't want to think about mm-hmm. the politics and the backstabbing. But unfortunately, yeah, you know they can. To their point, I can just fight my way out of it. That's exactly. really not how King's Landing works. You, yeah, you're you're spot on there. Uh, they 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 can just swing their sword, and uh, you know the loyalty. I'm I'm a 
they really believe in those ideas that they're that they're loyal, that they're good, that they're doing the right thing, right. they're on the right side of this, so they should win. And uh, you know, not 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 the case. This is the God, game if of it thrones. Only were the case. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, as I said, Mr. Lewin is kind of saying, you know, yeah, you could actually protect uh, Lysa Aaron and her son from that position. So that's another play, right? Is to kind of say that he could uh, he could protect the veil as hand of the king, right? Um, because right now, the way she's talking and, and sending this letter, they're they're probably concerned yeah. about her. You well, know? <laughs> yeah, she she continues the hard sell as well. Uh, another point: you say you love Robert like a brother. Would you leave your brother surrounded by Lannisters? Yeah. Cat, come on. I know. I know. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to do here? Win salesman of the month? I mean, the others take you both. The others take you both. <laughs> uh, he turned away from them. So and, and he brings up a good point here. There's something that they're not thinking about. Like, they think he is bulletproof, as you say. And he says, my father went south once yeah. to answer the summons of a king. He never came home again. Yeah. Let me just let that linger for a second we talked about it a couple episodes ago and what sort of started robert's rebellion and i mean think about it. he lost his father his brother i mean just awful you know what the mad king did so um major lewin says a different time and a different king uh so yeah yeah but um so he says he, he says yes you know uh, he seated himself by the chair and he says um you know catlin you shall stay here in Winterfell. His words were like an icy draft through her heart. No, she said, suddenly afraid. Was this to be her punishment? Never to see his face again, nor to feel his arms around her. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, That's why I brought up earlier that the idea that I think she was pushing for this because... The, their combined powers. I think she is more savvy in the, in the political world right. and, and field. The, yeah, the two of them complement each other well. They are one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They really are. Yeah. And I think she's shocked by this. And so then they get into this discussion of like the children. What should we do um, with this one, with that one, and, and so on. So that's a good little... We learn yeah, doll, let's the, go ahead and split up the children. Right, exactly, yeah. Let's, uh, let's kind of learn you know more about that. So... Um, and in, there's, there has to always be a Stark in Winterfell. Uh, I was reading, I was looking up some images today about um, the North and different things, and I came across the letter uh, that the little bear writes uh, saying that she only recognizes, you know, one king in the North, <laughs> and, the, and his name is Stark. Um, and, you know, really when you read about that house, and I, I don't mean to, you know, get into too much here, there yeah. is so much more to that house than the little bear. I know. I mean... I love that part in the show because she was just this little, whatever, 10, 11-year-old mm-hmm. badass. There's a lot yeah. more to that. There is. There is. And I actually, I've seen theory episodes on, on the role that they'll play and uh, the role that they have played. It's different in the, just, in the book than it is in the show, Bear too. Just Island. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So another thing here, the, uh, well, he wants, he wants uh cat to, to rule in his, in his stead, essentially. It's his way of trying to protect her. Yeah. He, he knows. And I think he even says here somewhere we might've went past it or it might, I don't know, but he said, uh, what was it? Um, uh, something about like it being a pit of Adlers or something like that. A pit uh-huh. of snakes. Yeah. So I, I think kind of not get, wanting, her to go yeah, there. He, he, yeah. he just doesn't want, he doesn't want her to potentially fall into the 
pitfall that is King's Landing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and he also wants uh, he wants her to take care and help uh, help Rob. Right. You know, because Rob is going to need to learn, and he's going to, um, you know, basically. Uh, he would he would end up ruling if if uh, you know when he comes of age if he's still yep. if if uh, Eddard is still hand of the king he becomes warden of the north right when is the official time when they become a quote man I, I kind of thought it was seventeen or eighteen yeah I guess I because he's fourteen right now um, he said you know he he will become a man but I guess I never really for some reason I was thinking on. it was seventeen but I I don't know okay. Yeah. So I mean, technically, he'd have a little bit of time, but yeah, he he wants he wants a good, honest counsel to mm-hmm. make this boy a man mm-hmm. and a uh, you know a, a ruler, a good ruler, you know, and yeah. warden of the north potentially. Yeah, I think I think this is pretty neat here too. Where he talks about uh, Maester Lewin, he says, I, "I trust you as I would my own blood." Yeah, give my wife your voice in all things, great and small. Teach my son the things he needs to know. Winter is coming. I mean, I get chills actually. Oh, yeah. Like I get chills when I when I think about that. He he is the warden, right? Right. Of the north, and he's reminding everyone he has to go south, but don't forget, winter winter is, is coming. coming. I mean that they're always. I just think it's such a cool thing that they're always thinking about it. It's ingrained in them to always watch yeah. and to be you know, to, to wait and their relationship with the uh, night's watch is so close. And, yep. uh, I just think it's, it's, it's epic. It's so, so cool. Um, and Maester Lewin understands it. He, you know, I think he, he, he has grown to love this house. Oh yeah. You know, so intricate part. Yeah. What of the other children as, what should we do? Um, Rick on is, is, is too young. He's too He's young. Three. I think. Yeah. So he has to stay. He's gonna stay with his mother. Um, but, uh, Aria, um, Bran and uh, Sansa, uh, they've got to go south. Yep. You know? Um, actually, I think they were talking about Bran uh, going somewhere to um, well, be the, sort of like a like a ward, you know, kind of like well, a... Well, the, the, thi- the thing about ward. that is, is like, so obviously Sansa, you know, they're still planning on the, the wedding to Joffrey, and then the uh, pastime that Arya learned the ways of a southern court a few years she will be of age to marry too so they want her to be more refined because she's you know the tomboy of the group oh uh, let's see if I can find that because uh, they had um, talked about Bran okay uh, Bran can bridge the distance he's a sweet boy quick to laugh easy to love let him grow up with the young princes. Let him become their friend as Robert became mine. Because he had also mentioned that, you know, there's bad feelings between Rob and Joffrey. Exactly. Already. Already. Yes. So that's, he wants Bran to come with him to potentially bridge the gap. Because he, he understands that even if the Lannisters are somehow at fault, mm-hmm. and at this point we're basically pointing the finger at Cersei. Yeah. He still he he understands at least enough to know that he can't completely alienate the children, and he's hoping yeah. that those children, between his children and their children, can somehow bridge the gap and get them him the hell out of the south and back yeah. to the north. <laughs> well, you know, like you say, I mean, I guess next in line is is Joffrey, right? So you know, Sansa would then be queen, but if you can. You know, if that if they're going to be betrothed, 
he wants Bran to be that. Uh, and by the way, I meant to say Foster earlier. It's like he, um, you know, Eddard fostered at the Airy. It's right. the idea yeah, that yeah. you know bringing um, Bran to kind of do that. And yeah, to to you know, if he's friends with Joffrey, uh, then it's easier. You can sort of see. Yeah, I could buy into this family. I want. I want. You know, to uh, you know, be I guess um, family through marriage or whatever. You're right. You right. Know? So how old is Bran now? Uh, Bran in this. Let me think. Um, let's see. Is he old? Arya is Sansa's eleven. Yeah. So he's younger than that. Uh, I want to say. Well, I was trying to equate. I don't remember how old Tommen is. I was wondering how close they were in age. I think they're closer. So yeah, little, little Brand Tommen running around, you know, just tearing up King's Landing. Yeah, we have to look that up uh, yeah, to get their exact ages. Let's but, look it up. But uh, yeah, how dare you bring that name Every, up again on this? I've done episode. it twice. Jesus, I want to remind you of your humble beginnings. Please do not. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways, you know, uh, they're uh, talking about the kids here, and they. Decide. I mean, Cat does not want to part with Bran. She is no. That's almost you can almost see like a favoritism, like just a love there that she uh, she can't bear it. You know, so still too young in her eyes and still growing up, and she gets to keep Rob. You know, and uh, it's it's an interesting dichotomy about age. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, she's the right age. No, he's too young. Oh, it's like they're all too. They're so close. I know. What's the difference? Right. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're right. So um, now, now we get oh, to God. it though. This oh, is now we're getting into it. Now we're getting to it. So we're on to the our third third, <laughs> the third third, the third third. Um, John Snow. <sighs> John Snow, you know nothing. He doesn't. Uh, so what of John Snow, my lord? Mister Lewin asks, and and Cat tenses, and you can feel the anger uh, immediately. A, a shift, right? Yeah. In, in things. And so um, it came as no surprise in the first year of their marriage to learn that Ned had fathered a child on some girl that he had met during the campaign. So she starts to kind of like a little flashback here and we get a little history lesson right. on how Jon Snow uh, came to be, air quote. Um, and we they talk about when Ned was off at the war, you know, that he, she expected, she actually was mentally prepared for the idea that maybe he would, you know, um, the need would arise. Manly needs. Mm-hmm. There was also a little part in here too. Just wanted to mention it real quick, but her thoughts were more of Rob, the infinite, her breast than of the husband. She scarcely knew. True. Yeah. So she had the understanding that, you know, men potentially off to war could father bastards. And, you know, she barely knew Edard at this point, but she had a child, she had Rob and that was her concern. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, uh... You know, he's just fulfilling his duty in marrying her. Right. And I think it was quick, you know, and and then I actually think she might even be at River Run and after the campaign goes north to Winterfell. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It did Does say, it say that. Okay. Ned uh, off to war in the south while she remained safe in her father's castle at River Run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, they so she continues to kind of uh, give us more on, on Jon Snow. Um, there's a, there's a part here I wanted to read where, um, oh no, no. First they talk about, um, the whispering. So when, when John comes back, well, the idea is if you have a bastard, you're out at war, um, you take care you're, you're going to do, you're a nobleman, you're going to do what you have to do. You're going to take care of that child, make sure that, uh, the child wants for nothing. You know, it is yeah. your flesh and blood. Um, but 
you're not going to bring the child back with you. Correct. Yeah. Ned, Ned, in her opinion, went above and beyond the call of duty mm-hmm. for a, a bastard, uh, called him son for all the North to see. Uh, when the wars were over at last and Catlin Road to Winterfell, John and his wet nurse were had already taken up residence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just, you know, she's bitter about that oh, because yeah. she was okay for, even if he had numerous bastards, take care of them. She's like mentally prepared just for... 15, 16 of them. Just, you know, just don't bring them here. Right, exactly. Out and of sight, out of mind. Yes. We're not going to have them interacting with the other children right. and stuff, you know? So um, being raised almost as a Stark, you know, who is a Snow. Oh, you very know? much so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this this piece, you know, uh, about Sir Arthur Dane oh, yeah. gets worked Talk about here. it. And this is kind of cool because uh, she had heard, you know, uh, some grumblings about maybe who this woman would have been that he <laughs> hooked up with. This is I don't, I don't know. It it seems kind of far fetched, you know. Just when I when I first read, it. I mean, who knows? But just just read it. Read read that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, wait. You want the the part where he tells her off? No, 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 no. Just just the the story. Uh, the oh, okay, the, the okay. rumblings. <laughs> the rumbling. Okay. Um. So the castle had, uh, but the castle has no secrets. And Catelyn heard her maids repeating tales they heard from the lips of her husband's soldiers. They whispered of Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, deadliest of the seven knights of Aerys Kingsguard, and how their young lord had slain him in single combat, which, you know, making him an epic hero, right? Yep. Um, and they told how afterwards Ned had carried Sir Arthur's sword back to the beautiful young sister who waited him in the castle called Starfall on the shores of the Summer Sea. The Lady Ashara Dane, tall and fair, with haunting violet eyes, it ha- Violet eyes just kind Violet of, eyes Kind of stuck out to me uh, I went to look I at her wonder why Her history Yeah, yeah. Uh, It had taken her a fortnight To marshal the courage But finally In bed one night Caitlin had Or Catelyn had asked Her husband The truth of it Ask him to his face Now just before we go on To the next thing Yeah doesn't this sound like One of those Dime store Fabio romance novels yeah. Well I mean, he killed Sir Arthur Dane, the greatest knight in all the Seven Kingdoms, and then took his sword mm-hmm. to his beautiful sister with the violet eyes, and then had a bastard. <laughs> yes, I mean, does. come on. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a whole novel in itself, right there, isn't it? I mean, uh, it, it just—I don't know. It like I get how that co- sort of stuff could happen given the age, but it just sort of seemed. It just it just made me chuckle a little bit. Oh no, absolutely. So I'm sorry. I know you really like this line. Let's let's break right, it this out. This is man. this is good. Pop. Yeah. Um so she asked this question to his face. That was the only time in all their years that Ned had ever frightened her. Never ask me about John, he said, as cold as ice. He is my blood, and that is all you need to know. And now I will learn where you heard that name, my lady. So so he's just my lady, too, right? Damn. Yeah. He, I mean, he's pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she pledged to obey. She told him, you know, from that day on. Um, she told him, you know, where the whispers had came from, and they had, they had ceased. It stopped. Ashara Dane's name was never heard in Winterfell again. 
Never. Never again. Not even a shot. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Well, and, and let's, can we go on a tangent for a second? Do it. Okay. Because some of the theories around this, uh, they, they kind of, it's the timing, you know, of this, you know, after the killing of Sir Arthur Dane, is there enough time yeah. in which him, for he to have this, you know, one night, whatever, have the child, all that good stuff. I, I don't necessarily know. I'm sure there was a time and period where he went back to King's Landing and things were settled and you moved troops around and you secured your area. Um, right, yeah. I mean, there, there, know, there, would have there, been, was, there would have been time in between, you know, that particular fight with Sir Arthur Dane and then him going back. But yeah, timing's interesting. The situation of conception, <laughs> potential conception. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It it just, it's just far-fetched. It's, it's a good dime store novel, but well, not well, necessarily. I think what you're saying though, you know, the idea that he would slay her brother, you know what I mean? And then she's going to lay in bed with him. I mean, they're yeah. basically, they're, what they're getting to the story, the under, uh, lying truth there is that he would have forced himself on her. I mean, seemingly. So, right? Seemingly, right. I mean, she's oh, not yeah. going to... Oh, yeah. killed my brother. Take me. Yeah, no. Exactly. So, and again, that goes against, you know, what we know uh, about Ned Stark. Right. You know, I, I think the gesture to take the sword back to where it belongs says a lot. Yeah. That's that's who he is. And that's now, where that's the actually sword interesting. belongs. Was that confirmed, though? Yes. Do, do we know that for a fact, that he did take the yes. sword back? Okay. Okay. And that's what Sorry, gives a lot of... Sure. Cadence to the, or the, a lot of uh, uh, grounds for, for these rumors. Yeah. Okay. I got. I, I. But that's a glossed good, over that. Yeah. So no. That when it's not actually. <clears throat> I don't think it's. Well, it's it's stated here. Is it canon? It's canon. It's canon. Uh, <laughs> so you think about that. Uh, you get into his character, right? And yeah. the only thing that's out of character in this in this whole bit is that he actually has. A, has a bastard. That he has a bastard. You know what I mean? Or that he has intercourse with someone who's not his wife. Um, because he, he does the honorable thing in like taking the sword back. He, he does the honorable thing in taking the air quote bastard back um, and taking care of this this boy and raising him yeah. as his own. Uh, now, granted, even the mightiest can fall and the most righteous can do for sure. <clears throat> the, un, the unrighteous thing. So it's not, it wouldn't be without believability but i mean my god this is eddard stark i know well you know the other thing too is like you know i know the show has gone this route i mean they've revealed a lot to us in the show but yeah spoilers um, what if what if it goes different in the book you know what if it takes a different turn <sighs> oh i doubt it but you you never know you, you never crazy know. bastard and then just to continue on that whoever john's mother had been ned must have Loved her fiercely. Yeah. For nothing Catelyn said would persuade him to send the boy away. Yeah. Loved her fiercely. So, but that's what that's what that's what Cat uh, believes. Yeah, I right? mean, but, I mean that, that's that's important though because it, it's it's that wound between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though they have this, they ha- they have a good relationship. They obviously sure. love each other, but that is always still going to be in the back of her mind. John will always be a reminder of mm-hmm. that yeah. and then we get into well then what do we do with John what do we do with John exactly and so an interesting you know as as you know uh from last chapter on the recap John is talking to Uncle Benjamin 
and in, in the last chapter, and he, um, we know, right, that he wants to be in the Night's Watch. Oh, and sorry, mm-hmm. to interject here that we had talked about this, I did want to put this out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. John was never in a sight. Uh, and as he grew, he looked more like Ned than any of the trueborn sons she bore him. Now, I wanted to bring that up because in the show, and I I feel like it was, it wasn't Benjamin. I cannot remember who it was in the show, but mm-hmm. they had said, well, you don't look much like, like him, like your father. Mm-hmm. But in Speaking here, of Rob or John? No, of John. John, yeah. But it, then in here, Cat's like, well, he looked more like like Ned than his trueborn exactly. sons. Yep. So it, it's it's just a just a difference between the show and and then this book. Of course, different people can have different perceptions, but I'm just going on what I see here. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. And that is another thing that sort of like pisses her off. You know, is that like clearly he is a Stark, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's upsetting. Um, but she or says, "Or is he? Or is he?" Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to the decision, where, 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 what are we going to do with Jon Snow? Uh, she says he cannot stay here. Yeah. And she gets fired up about this. He is your son, not mine. I will not have him. It was hard. She knew, but no less the truth. Ned would do the boy no kindness by leaving him here at Winterfell. And it's just sad. It's 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 a sad story, and you almost wonder. Um, I don't know. We get into the whole "promise me Ned" situation, but uh, well, she um, she's she's just she's redirecting her anger at Ned yeah. and the boy. It's when she she knows that she's not yeah. going to treat him well. She she understands that, right? I guess she technically she is trying to do him a kindness. She is trying to do him a kindness because she doesn't have the capability to love no. him as a son, right? And that's been he knows that everyone knows that, yeah. and so. Um, if, if, you know, yeah, you need to decide what to do with him. He's not my son. Right. So then of course, Ned kind of tries to go back, you know, I cannot take him south. There's no place for him. The court, a boy with a bastard's name, you know what they will say of him. He will be shunned. And then of course, uh, you know, Catelyn's Catelyn is an empowered woman. Yes, she is. She is not going to take any of this stuff. Yep. Uh, armored her heart against the mute appeal in her husband's eyes. They say your friend Rob has fathered a dozen bastards himself. Right. Yes, <laughs> but none of them have been seen at court. Exactly. Okay. So you know he makes the the case that you know, and he starts to kind of say, I thought I thought you know I thought Rob and he were getting close. You know, John and Rob seem they they are and they are close. Yeah, they are. You know, um, do is. To an extent, and and so was hoping that maybe something could happen there. Boom. No. Shot that down. We're not having any of that. Um, And then so Master Lewin cuts in. Another solution presents itself. The voice of reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your brother Benjamin came back, um, and he told me about John a few days ago. It seems that the boy aspires to take the black. Take the black. Okay. Uh, Ned's shocked about this, and I I put a little star next to this because I wanted to talk about it. Um, A couple episodes ago, I think it was on a a follow-up Thursday, we were talking about um, the idea of what did Benjamin Stark know? Oh yeah, remember that? And and I was thinking yeah. that perhaps Ned and he had plotted some way right. to send him that would be an option for him to go to take the black. And so maybe it still was an option, but Ned is shocked that this own desire in his son has come out. 
You yeah, know? I mean, it, and it's it's a big decision. I think he also says something here about his age, doesn't he? Um, ah, shoot. Yeah, he talks about him being fourteen. Yeah, but I, you know, yeah. John is just a different. He's he's different. Yeah, and uh, and the over the, over the course, obviously, when things play out, this is really probably the best place for him. So, well, yeah, and he says, you know, in time, the boy would. Uh, take the oath as well. They, well, they talk about Benjamin and how right. Benjamin this could be the son that he didn't have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Raising his nephew, um, helping him out there at the wall, and then maybe eventually he he grows into um, a man of the night's watch. Well, yeah, and then of course one other quick thing here, <clears throat> he would father in in reference to John, he would father no sons who might someday contest with Catelyn's own grandchildren. Yeah. For Winterfell. Yeah. So she, I mean, she is, I don't, in a way, irrationally fearful yes. that he is in some way more stark yeah. than her own children. Yep. And that somehow he's going to do a Blackfire rebellion. Exactly. Good call. And come back and claim the name Stark from her own children. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, you know, history repeats itself and maybe yeah. she's a student of it and she's thinking to herself, you never know. Not that John would, but the grandchildren of the uh, grandchildren's grandchildren. True. You know it what I mean? Could. Start to say, well, hey, we have a claim. You know, we, you know, a new name emerges and they, they become, um, you know, but she doesn't understand the North. Yeah. I mean, a Stark rule always. And, and, you know? and like we already said too, though, with Eddard's treatment of John, that kind of reinforces a little bit of her bias because at the same time, it's like, well, this isn't how you guys are traditionally supposed to treat bastards. You know, you're not bringing them here for all the world to see and calling them son and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it, it to me, it's an irrational fear, but only because we know more about John's point of view mm-hmm. and yeah. we're starting to see his character. Yep. Um, but for her being that she can never truly love him as a son, she wouldn't know that. And she loves her children. Yes. She loves her children. She wants them to be successful. She wants them to be happy. And any threat to that, which coincidentally, as we get later on in the series Absolutely. and yep. more into the Catlin storyline, that becomes more relevant. Mm-hmm. It does. You're right. So you're right. anyway, but that's that's spoilers. No, you're right. It gets right down. That's that's the thread. We've laid it and we'll get back to it. Just um, laying it. So they they continue to talk about the night's watch and and what this would mean and uh here's the part that I think you were you were kind of looking about um uh, master or M- master lewin kind of says it's uh it, it could be a great honor to serve at the at the wall uh ned says you know and even a bastard may rise high in the night's watch ned reflected still his voice was troubled john is so young if he asked this when he was a man grown that would be one thing yeah but he's a boy there, of 14 yeah there we go you know um, it's a hard sacrifice. These are hard times. Uh, so it is what it is now. So they kind of make the decision that, yes, this is what we're going to do with John. It's decided he cannot stay there. So the best thing for him would to be under, to, to be with his uncle. And there's, there's, uh, you know, he can be proud of what he does. And, um, they, I think the North has more respect for, um, maybe some of the men of higher rank in the Night's Watch. Well, I, th- I think they just have more respect for the Night's Watch. Yeah, and I I agree. You know, because I, I mean, the South basically, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to get too general here, but it, it t- kind of tends to find the Night's Watch to be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of silly, a joke. 
Yeah. Uh, seriously, a joke. Like you're standing on a wall looking for what? You know Snarks what I mean? and uh, yeah. whatever. Ghouls and, Ghouls and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so Maester says, when shall we uh, tell John? And um, Ned says, I will tell him myself. You know, when the time is right, he has to make preparations. Let him live, you know, these next couple. It's a fortnight, I think, to get Correct. ready. You know, so let him spend these next couple of days just in peace. And I will tell him very, very, very clear that he needs to speak to John. Yeah, another about little this. alliteration. Summer will end soon enough and childhood as well. Yeah. When it comes time, I will tell him myself. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, great. that's actually pretty powerful for the rest of the series because, yeah, summer will end. And childhood as well. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And they talked in last chapter uh, about bastards growing up a little quicker, right? And so that definitely, uh, we definitely got there in this chapter. So things are heating up and I think it's a, it's good to see things from, from Kat's perspective. And uh, we learned a lot about her feelings, her relationship uh, with Ned and, uh, and so on. So, um, all right, let's see. Let's jump in here to uh, some of our cool connections uh, for this chapter. One thing we pulled out was just Sir Arthur Dane. I think that's the guy we want, we kind of want to talk about. Um, he let's was get a, a Sir, Sir Arthur Dane standalone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, seriously, he's he's actually epic. He's a like it will be called the Sword of the Morning. Well, I think Jamie Lannister like idolized. Oh yeah, him. You yeah, know what I mean? He's big. he's that uh, he's that epic. So. Uh, he's known as, yeah, as you said, the Sword of the Morning. Um, God, how badass! That's such a cool title. Who are you? I am the Sword of the, <laughs> the morning. morning. Bend the knee. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Oh yeah. I know. So, um, so he's a member of Ares, uh, the second Targaryen's king guard, and uh, he's considered to be the most um, uh, chivalrous warrior of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, I, I mean I that, that was that's interesting because the Targaryens to this point have been painted with a with, with with this broad brush stroke of they're the enemy. Yeah. They're bad, they're evil, we must wipe them out and that of course is uh furthered by Rob's, you know, Robert's kind of uh, uh how do I want to put this? Yeah, just as his general hatred of of all things Targaryen, but mm-hmm. oh my god, there was a knight in his king's guard that actually was chivalrous. Right. What? Well, I mean, you look at uh, Barristan Selmy, same sort yeah. of thing. Uh, this idea that, and I think the Kingsguard knows that uh, they know a lot more about what was going on there. So when we hear from Barristan Selmy later on about the happenings and stuff, it's it's very interesting. You get a different side of the story, right. and then you can you can kind of tie this into like the American Civil War. Mm-hmm. There were good men on either side. Yeah. yeah. Did they all fight for the right reasons? Maybe not, yeah. but there were good men on either side. Mm-hmm. Just like in this, it's all one, oh, one yeah. continent. Yeah, you know, seven kingdoms may be, but there were good men on either side. Yeah, you can't just demonize the entire side. No, absolutely. I, I, yeah, you're right about that. You're right. Um, so let's see. In the end, here, let's look. Let's take a quick look here. Um, so, Widow of the Great Sword, Dawn. Uh, so that that is the sword that was referenced here uh, in this chapter as taking it back after after Ned uh, slew him in single combat. Uh, single combat. That's what it said. Should we get back to Air that quote? later? We'll get back to that. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so he um, let's see as part of his office. So as as a part of the office of um, the sword of the morning, you carry um, the great sword dawn. Just God. just so you know. Ah. Oh. 
Dude, we need to get know, some custom man. swords. He's one of the it's one of the coolest titles and 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 name of a sword. It's just it works so perfectly. I mean, so. listen, I lo- I love I love my you know my knighting here. I love my sigil. Mm-hmm. I think we need to get custom swords. Yeah, I think we do too. I think we do too. We'll work yeah, on that. Got it. We'll work on that. Um, so he. It just kind of we we looked at some of the wiki page here and talking about just how he won, he won over some of the small folk. Um, you know he was he went in to sort of defeat the Kingswood Brotherhood, um, and you know uh, just the way he is sort of interacting with the small folk. Um, and uh, in the end, he slew the smiling knight in single combat and ended the threat of the outlaws. Uh, following that victory, he knighted Jamie Lannister, uh, who later. Um, uh, would become uh, the sworn brother in the in the king's guard. Uh, so he's he's a champion in a couple of tourneys. He's actually best friends with Rhaegar Targaryen, which I thought yeah. was was yeah, interesting. Which is cool. Yeah, super close. So he's one of the knights that he takes uh, that Rhaegar sends um, to the Tower of Joy. He trusts him, you know, yep. with something super precious and and meaningful to Rhaegar. What was that? I don't know. I don't Spoilers. Know I don't know what Maybe that was. Later? I don't know what that was. Maybe we don't even know. Um, yeah. <laughs> So let's see. Um, Sir Arthur Dane broke 12 lances against Rhaegar in the tourney at Storm's End, uh, losing to the prince. Um, so it looks like he won once versus the prince Targaryen. Looks like he defeat, defeated him at Viserys' uh, birthing, uh, birthday uh, tournament. And then he loses him at Storm's End, and then he loses again uh, at the tourney of Harrenhal. Ah. So, okay. So Rhaegar's no slouch. Mm, no. And I th- isn't that interesting? He's the he's the crown prince, and you know we read in in uh, uh, the Dunkin' Egg series that great they book, really, by the way. great book, right? But they remember they couldn't ru- they uh, they weren't able to really hurt one another. Do you remember that? Like that? Like it, that was in the trial by yeah um, the trial of seven. Uh, but it was the hand of the king was there, and he would he actually defended Dunk. And he said, "Don't worry, the King's Guard. They're sworn to protect me. They they can't right. touch me. Like I'll take them out on my own." Yeah, I mean that's that's that honor bound, right, sort right. of thing. I just wondered yeah. how that worked in jousting. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, we can look more into that, but I, I just thought that was kind of. Uh, but kind there, of but there again, I mean, you got to think about it. So. I think we can all agree Rhaegar was a was a pretty awesome warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely was. Um I don't know, maybe Rhaegar was like, you know, Dane, just do it. Yeah. We need to we need to sharpen the axe here, so to speak, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Let's break some lances. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, and then just to wrap up here, there's there's more to him, but we didn't want to uh go into super detail on it. But he's one of the uh three knights. Um it's it's he and, and Oswell and, and, and Hightower uh that uh take on Eddard Stark and his friends at the Tower of Joy. So uh just kinda wanted to toss it out there. But that's our cool connection of the week. Um we could honestly do a whole podcast on Sarah oh, Dane, I think. I think we should. I think we should too. I think we should. We'll see if we can do a little follow up Thursday. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Great character. Yeah. So all right. Um our next segment is just uh, we have a little that's uh, so that's it for our cool connections. Um uh, next is is send us a raven, you know. So um basically this is time for you guys to share either a uh, you know a thought, a comment. Uh, you can send us um an email. Yeah, you we know? want to hear from you. I mean, uh, 
obviously we like to babble about all this stuff on here, but we want to hear from you as well. You guys have great theories, I'm sure. So send them to what's the telephone number is? Oh, yeah. So we've got uh, 614-547-2350. That's 614-547-2350. Give it a call. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so yeah, and you can also send us uh, an, an email to at uh, btkcast at gmail.com. And guys, we'll read these out. Uh, we want more of these. We had a few last week, um, and we're getting new listeners every day, which oh, is yeah. which is really awesome. So uh, kind of young in this in this reread, so uh, still kind of figuring things out, getting the the phone number out there and, and what have you. So. Um, yeah, we actually have almost reached our goal on Patreon too. So we'll we'll jump. Ooh, what, we'll jump what do we uh, what do we got coming if we hit that goal? Oh my gosh, we got a little cookbook oh, on the way. Goodness. Yeah. Food reviews, yes. brother. Yes, I know. Yes, and, and just a quick note on that: uh, the format for that will basically be we'll kind of film us cooking it, uh, which will be a little little video that you can watch, and then afterwards, what we'll do is we'll sit down, we'll eat it, and then we will whatever theories on the table, we oh, will yeah. eat our meat, our meat, and our cheese, and uh, we will discuss. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to that, It's too. fantastic. All right. So uh, this is Man the Wall, and uh, we actually have uh, one of our uh, patrons has uh, decided to um, take the black. And so this is basically an opportunity for them to, you know, if they pledge a certain tier, they can, um, it helps the show. You know, we've gotten some good, yeah. some good stuff from, um, uh, from uh, Adam Parker, and oh so, god, yeah, he he's he blows he blows up the blows up the you know the phone all the time. I, I constantly hear ding 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 ding. Yeah. Here's here's Sir Adam Parker, yeah, brother, right there, going. He's got great stuff going. He really does. He really does. So so yeah, feel free to get in there. I mean, basically, if you if you're in um, on some of those Patreon uh, tiers, uh, the things you can do. We mentioned the recaps. You can you can uh, record a, re- a recap for us. You can. Um, and those are almost guaranteed that we'll, we'll play those recaps. Yeah, be in the a part of the show. And you can you make know? them kind of funny too. Cause you know, like, like today, I mean, we just kind of, uh, improv it a little bit and, and wait, 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 you're telling me that wasn't super serious. Well, we did have a script, but we deviated from oh it uh, quite a bit, Oh, which I'm, which I'm very happy for. Good. Uh, so, I like it. so anyway, so this is Jamie. Let's, let's, let's listen to her. Um, you know, basically take the black here guys. Hi there, my name is Jamie Cleanan Smith. I'm from the great state of Colorado, and here goes my night's watch oath. Night gathers, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take no wife, hold no land, father no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I shall live and die at my post. I am the sword in the darkness. I am the watcher on the wall. I am the shield that guards the realms of men. I pledge my life and honor to the night's watch. And for this night and all the nights to come. Thank you. Guys, no, thank you, uh, Jamie. That is so actually really cool. I, 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 uh, I have to bring up to the actual Google translate of that. It was, it was hilarious, but, um, no, we should actually look up, I think, uh, I love just hearing. I mean, it's it's cool just to read the passage, to to read the vows, and to um, you know, and even though sometimes they seem a little quirky and weird, but yeah. it's, you're taking the black. You know, you're what I mean? taking the black. So, um, so thank you so much for the support, Jamie. Oh, we really appreciate that. You did add something on a little earlier that uh, we should probably bring up. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to take the black? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and so you can take it. You can. 
Um, you can make your vows uh, in a sept, right? Or yeah. you can do that in front of a heart tree. Let us let us know what you would prefer. Yeah. So if you want to add to that, as you, when you when you when you take the black, you can kind of uh, kind of mention that. So uh, I was hoping I could see here real quick the we were reading earlier the tra- Google does this translate of the voicemail, <laughs> and it yes. was absolutely hilarious. So uh, when we were looking at, uh, um, oh yeah, there we go. Thanks, buddy. Let's click on that one. Yeah, uh, I hope oh. so. Oh, there yeah. it is. There it is. Um, so just so you know, Jamie, uh, Google decided that your name um, is Jamie Clean and Smith. I just want you to know that. Two surnames. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, hit this up. We got to work on your um, getting you in the, in the Google Doc and get you. Uh, Matt is on vacation right now. We were kind of joking at the beginning. So he'll, he'll be back with some of the uh, uh, working on their, our sigils. And get things. you the sigil. Yeah. We need some, uh, we need some house words. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Need some housewords Those from are the, you. That's probably that's that's probably one of the more more fun. Parts you know what? I don't think I've created housewords yet. You need to. I have a sweet sigil. Yes. No housewords. Yes. So slacking. Um, Night gathers. So I'm just going to read this. This is kind of funny. So I hope you don't mind. This is just how Google uh, came up with this. So, um, so my name is Jamie Cleanin Smith. I'm from the great state of Colorado, and here goes my May 9th. <laughs> it's just I'm like Google. What are you? What's going on here? Um, watch out, night gathers, and now my watch weekends. It shall not end until my desk. I saw signal wife, whole Bill Land's father, no children. I saw where no crowns and window glory. I shall live and die at my post. Diet. Yeah. <laughs> die at my post. I wish. Um, I am the sword in the darkness. I am the washer on the wall. I am the shield that guards the rooms of men. I pledge my life in honor to the Night's Watch from this night and all the nights to come. Well, Night's Watch them for this night. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. We had to do that just so. Just uh, kind of you are, Jamie, you are the washer on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So ridiculous. Oh, so Google awesome. Translate, folks. Give them a hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, back to the outline here. Let's finish this up. Um, thanks so much. Um, basically, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Uh, in our next episode, we will be discussing uh, chapter. It's Arya. It's Arya for I'm sure. Sure, it's Arya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, discussing chapter Arya, which is seven. I think yeah. it's seven. Yeah, I think we're on seven now. So, so. chapter seven, Aria. Um, also, Maluka has provided us with, with this uh, beautiful outro. We want to thank you, uh, Maluka, for that. Absolutely Malu, fantastic. Um, it's great. And we should have, we were hitting her up here very, very shortly uh, this month, actually, uh, for a potential uh, interview or you know, talk, discussion, what have you. So, uh, let's see here. Here we go. Um, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review. Uh, and or leave a comment. Send us a raven at btkcastgmail.com. We'll see you in a week. And remember, family, duty, honor. <laughs>